Hello, and welcome to Just One Thing. I'm Brad Stearns, here with Lisa Stearns, and we're your hosts on this weekly exploration of simple ways to enhance your relationships, improve your health, manage your stress, and just be happier. Now settle in while we discuss Just One Thing. Good day, and welcome to the next episode of Just Just One One Thing. Thing. Just One Thing is the podcast of Mindful Living Today, which is our new endeavor to help people just improve their sense of well-being, their relationships, manage stress, become healthier, etc., etc., through the power of mindfulness. And we call it the perfect blend of heart Heart and and science. science. Which it is. There's a lot of heart, but we back it with science, so there's a lot of practicality there. And talking about practicality, what I wanted to talk about today is a discussion that started in a book club that uh, we are having every other Monday, we were, where, where we are looking at the how of happiness, which is one of the first really deep scientific dives into how you can improve your sense of well-being. And what I wanted to talk about is, are there upper limits to how happy you can be? And so I would like to entitle this, The Upper Limits okay. of Happiness. <laughs> or something like or that. Or something like that. I'll put a title on it, but just... Suffice just, it to say, we're just looking we are, at can happy get better? Can, can happy get better? And <laughs> is there is there a maximum level? Can you be euphoric all the time? And okay. uh, it was sort of a debate that you and I had that continued after that discussion last week. And I wanted to sort of share some of the thoughts about that to you because one of the things that we discovered in this uh, while reading the book, taking the science of well being from uh, yeah. Yale and other things, is that the there's a lot of happiness that's within your control by the things that you do and the practices right. you embrace. So the question is, how high can that go? Right. It's kind of like to me, like how healthy can you be? Right. How high can you teach yourself to jump? Right. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. So um, why don't you sort of like provide your perspective on that? And then maybe I'll come back with maybe a little counterpoint. Okay. Well, what, what I found in both the discussion with you and, and a couple of the other uh, people in the book club was the thought that, well, I'm already mindful. I'm already, I'm already practicing gratitude. Mm. I'm already practicing kindness. I'm already doing a I'm, lot of I'm, these I'm things. I'm journaling my gratitude yes, every day. I, I'm checking. I'm, I'm sleeping well. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing 40 minutes of exercise every day. And, right. Uh, like I'm probably topped out. I can't do anything more. And, or I'm still depressed. I've done all these things. And I've I'm done all these things. I'm still right. unhappy. So, and, and so, so the what, question is, is that as happy as I could be? Should I give right. up or just keep doing what I'm doing? And right. if, I, if I stop, will I go down? What's the deal there? Right. And so I think the conversation that we have been having, you and I, but I think is appropriate for so many people in this same situation where they are already kind they are already they already have a practice of waking up every morning and being grateful for something or pausing and and you know opening a door for somebody or buying somebody's cup of coffee or whatever it's like well okay so i'm already doing these things right and i think if you're of that mind and you believe that you can become happy you've probably already read and exposed yourself to some of these things and even braced some of these practices right so what my take on all this information, and it's what you and I have been having mm-hmm. this discussion about, is that they talk about, and we've talked about it in past episodes, they talk about this 40% is your baseline. 
of, okay. um, no, it's 50%. 50% you're born It's 50% you're born with. You're so probably it's, either it's, really happy, you're kind of sad, you're, you're in the Whatever, middle. you've got some depression. You got that from your parents. You've got some anxiety, on a, whatever On a one to 10 scale, you're maybe a five. Other people are seven, some people are threes. Right. So you've got this 50% that's, that's just like your baseline. Um, and then you've got 10% of influences from life. Did so I get cancer? Got, did I win the lottery? Did I have a car down? accident? Yeah. Did I break my foot? Am I out of work? Or those those kind of big life incidents. But they actually only impact your happiness, your overall happiness, 10%. In the long term. In the long term. Right. Right. Um, and we can have a whole discussion about why that is and what that means, but we'll move on from there. The remaining 40% of the pie mm-hmm. is something that you can influence. So when, when I hear the argument that you had and, and a couple of the other people in the group was, I'm already doing these things. I'm already happy. So my, my contention was maybe I've already filled up my 40% that's and on top of my baseline, that's probably <laughs> as high it. as I can get. This is it. Okay. My contention is from the information that we have read uh-huh. is that, and, and I think only because I only have this mindset because they keep talking about the need to mix it up. Right. They continually talk about, for example, if you get up every day and you make a point of being grateful for something mm-hmm. every day, after a while, it doesn't give you the jolt. It doesn't give right. you the juice of, oh, that felt good. Mm-hmm. You're just like in this constant state right. of, I'm doing right. nice right. things. Yeah, it felt good. But it doesn't give you that actual extra right. elevation in your feeling of overall happiness. Mm-hmm. It's only when you switch it up. Sure. And in fact, they recommend... Um, five to seven days in between gratitudes. Okay, and, there was right, an, and there was right. another one. It was kind. Was it kindness or something? There might was have another the, one. Might have been the gratitude journaling. Yeah, but there was another one that they just said the same thing about where they did something over and over and over again, and they were like, you know what? If you do this all the time, we found that the people did it all right. the time anyway. So the point being, if you are doing something over and over and over again, it becomes your habit, mm. and therefore you don't get that extra endorphin rush. My contention is. That if, for example, you have depression mm-hmm. and you are kind, you are your, right, your right. thing, if you want to feel better, <laughs> do something more. You or need different. to do something different. You need to do something more. The other thing to me was if you, for example, you know you're prone to depression or stress, mm-hmm. can you keep these particular tools in mind to use to either prevent it sure. or get you through right. it. And I, and I think, you know, as we've discussed this, originally I thought, you know, there's probably an upper limit that you can get to at which point you can either maintain it or you can go down. But like you've filled up your 40%. And okay. if you try to add more, well, that's going to become a chore and actually right. will make you less happy. And, okay. I, and I've been thinking about it. I think it's very analogous to training an athlete. Okay. Um, where, you know, just like you have a baseline of athletic ability, right. just like a baseline of happiness. You're either born with how much, how high you can jump, how fast you can run in terms of a genetic potential, but there's a lot of trainability that's in there, right. which is analogous to the 40% of how you can improve your happiness. And through a training program of adding you know, more runs, longer runs, faster runs, et cetera, you can begin to fill up that 40% to reach whatever your genetic potential might okay. be. Uh, and just like that, you can become a happiness athlete. Right. And by mixing up your training and, you know, making it like more intense and then ramping it down a little right. bit and then going up intense again, right. you'll eventually begin to get to the point of that 40%. And maybe, and, and this is where the talk you talk about diminishing returns. Right. And that means I may have to do 10% more to get a 1% improvement. Right. But the question is then, is that worth that? I think if you want to be a world-class happiness athlete... <laughs> And be as happy as you can be 
you have to continue to nudge and experiment and try to get yourself higher and higher up that. So that might be a way of different, a different gratitude journal, right. a different way of expressing kindness to people during the exactly. day. Exactly. Maybe a little more next week, but I'll do a little less the following week, and then maybe a little even more. And sort of you have what they call periodization, which right. is how you train athletes. Right. You can probably train yourself as a happiness athlete through periodization of right. more intensity, less intensity, et cetera. And just like an athlete, <laughs> you have to worry about overtraining. Okay. And pushing yourself so much that you, you're trying to get better and better. But in fact, instead of diminishing returns, you have negative returns. Right. Where okay. you're actually becoming less happy by trying to push more. Okay. And so just like having a good coach to train an athlete, maybe you need a happiness coach. Or okay. be very attentive to your own levels of happiness and realize, oh, I'm pushing too hard and I'm actually becoming less happy. You know? <laughs> you know this <laughs> Because like, like I said, I can make anything a job and make it harder. But I'm, I'm just sort of like, it's just sort of like a thought experiment for me. Yeah. It reminds me of when I went to the beach and I was so, I was so determined that I was going to make right. myself a happier, better person. Uh -huh. I really was, was really gung-ho with self-improvement because right. I was okay. just very unhappy with where I was. And I took Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life. Okay. And we were at the beach. And I'm like, okay, I'm going through this and I'm fixing myself. I for two am weeks. Fixing myself. We're, we're here for two weeks. I'm fixing myself. And I read that thing for like three days straight. I did all the journaling. I had such a headache. I was sick for the rest of the I'm going to journal the hell out of this. Well, I'm going to meditate the hell out of getting myself better. Well, that reminds me of, you know, I, I, I hope he doesn't mind that I share this little anecdote, but our, our younger son spent two or three months in a in a monastery yes. in Myanmar yes. in, in silent meditation, yes. you know, and it's supposed to be this, you know, Zen like experience, Zen -like experience <laughs> where you're just like yeah, one with yourself. But for the first week he was just like meditating so, so hard. hard. <laughs> he had sick. headaches and got sick because he was just focused too much. He was, he was like, I'm going to meditate so the hell out of this. Right. And so, you know, you, you have to pay attention to what you're doing and what your intent is. Right. So my, my intent is to be happier and if what I'm doing is making me, me less unhappy, happy, right, then right. something is wrong there. You have to pay attention to that. Yeah, if I'm that. becoming militant about making myself happy, exactly. the, then it, we've it, lost it the becomes, cause. It becomes counterproductive. We've lost the cause. So I guess I'm agree coming around after this discussion, thought experiment, et cetera, you know, I believe that you can continue to nudge that up. And if you're, you're intelligent about it and you keep being persistent, you know, there's probably not an other upper limit, but the, you're not going to have gigantic strides anymore you're, no, you're just right. inching it up little by little just like you know if you see the people running the 100 yard dash it's you're not going to take a second right. off the 100 yard dash world record time but you might take a hundredth of a second right and if you continue to become a happiness athlete as i call it now you know you continue to nudge that up a little bit through intelligent and mindful ways right. of going about some of these practices well and i think it's more you know as, as i'm listening to you i think it is more it is more coming to understand the tools that give you the boost. Yeah. And it is it is engaging in those with some regularity mm -hmm. and some thoughtfulness and practice. So, for example, if you know that you are a kindness person already, that right. you're already smiling at people, you're already mm -hmm. buying somebody a cup of coffee, whatever whatever your regular kindness things are, if that's already your, your thing, right. great, you're doing that. You know that if I need an extra boost, once a week, I will write a thank you letter to right. somebody. Sure. And, that, and that's my extra jolt. And if yeah. I'm feeling down, maybe I'll do that Monday and Wednesday instead of just... Monday, that this is a tool that I can rely on to pull out to kind of keep those, right. like, 
kind of like, well, you know. And, I, and I, the more I talk about it, the more I like, and probably not everybody is familiar with athletic training. <laughs> you're you're like loving this I analogy. <laughs> I'm loving it. Because let's just say you're a runner. My, my base thing is I run every day. Right. But if I want to improve my running, I might add a day or two of strength training. And right. that would be like, I might do kindness every day. Right. But to improve my happiness, I might do a gratitude letter. Right. You know, and sort of right. like, you know, think about that in terms of like mixing it up a little bit. Right. Cross training, if you will. Yes. If you want to be a happiness athlete. Right. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. That. Yeah. And, and I think the thing is that it's not, it, to me, what I've learned in both of the courses is you're not talking about like every day you're doing the same exact thing well, no, over it, and over and over again. Then it becomes because, a chore. And then it becomes right. a job. And then it takes all the joy that you're trying to get. Right. And so, you know, to me, the whole goal here is figuring out what what it's, what comes naturally for you that you can do to, to be different and to use those tools right. to give yourself a boost when you're feeling down. Yeah, and, I, and I would say at the same time that, embracing some of these practices at the beginning is uncomfortable though. Yes. You know, the intent to be happier and then the intent to do acts of kindness, the intent to extend your social relationships. Some of the practices feels awkward and uncomfortable. And and I'll use the term a little bit painful at first. And again, with the athletic analogy, you know, the first time you take a jog, you might be sore. It might hurt. It might not feel quite right. You might have to walk And you might, right. you might have to sort of work up to it. And these practices, it's the intent that right. I want to be happier. I want more a sense of well-being and taking the steps, even though I'm uncomfortable, I know that my brain and my spirit will respond and that I will be happier. I will have a better sense of well-being if I embrace these practices right. and work towards them. And I guess I'm finding that the people that are giving me the most pushback, like you. I do give you pushback. <laughs> On this on this topic is I'm already doing the stuff, I'm done. Right. And and I think you you can be very aware of all these practices. You can be very aware of the benefits. If 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 you are not getting that extra juice, right? Then that means you need to mix it up. That's all. And I think it's fair to acknowledge many of these practices I've been doing for a long time. Exactly. My forty percent might be. You know, 80% full, but there's more I can get. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Because there are days, as I've admitted, I, I, am, I am down in the right. dumps. And right. it doesn't feel right. And like, I don't know that you ever get rid of those, but I think you can diminish them. You can, you know, well, decre- I think decrease you ha- the duration, right. the right. intensity, etc. Or you can recognize what is the trigger that's, you right. know, that's causing right. that. Oh, you know what? I know I have a, a, a visit to my family. They're stressful. I'm going to start now journaling about the things that I'm grateful for knowing that I've got this stressful thing that's coming up. Um, So I guess bottom line is I believe there are no limits. You can continue to nudge it up. I I truly believe that. I truly believe that this is something that you can continue to influence and it's only stagnant or the same if you believe that that is what it is. Absolutely. So my just one thing is believe that you can continue to improve. Okay. My one thing is, um, Look for something different. Yeah. You know, mix, mix it, it up. up. Mix it up. Cro- and if you're looking cross training. Yes. And if you're looking for some ideas, you can find them on our Facebook page, which yeah, we now have. Absolutely. Um, we have Brad and Lisa on um, is our page and it's Mindful Couple. 
but you can also join our group, right. which is our new faith, private Facebook group, which is at mindfulliving.today under groups. And there we're going to be sharing all different kinds of ways that you can create more gratitude. You awesome. can create more kindness. You can mix it up. We'll be giving tips and tools and all that kind of thing. Absolutely. Until next time, this has been Just, Just One, One Thing. thing.